the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be on Positive Living. You know, I really love Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You can call us. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we are rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can log on to my website, raskinresources.com, Get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and you can also listen to the archive shows on my site or write to me, and I will link them to you if there's one in particular that you really love. Um, I've been doing this work now about 20 years, three years on the Internet, which is Voice America, one of the first people to do it, and I really feel that the Internet is so powerful because of our worldwide coverage. And I've been eight years on the air on my local radio station, and some television before that, and my whole purpose is to show the positive sides of issues. That's what I do, and today is no exception. My guest is Larry Kwachi. Now, Larry, did I pronounce your name correctly? That's pretty good, Kwachi. Okay, Kwachi. And Larry is the author of the book, A Very Good Year. He was an award finalist for the Best Best Books 2004 by USA Books Book News, usabooknews.com. He has very strong feelings about this whole right to die uh, issue. And he really feels that no human should ever be forced to interminably suffer against his or his will. And he says that physician-assisted suicide is not only a legal necessity, but a moral imperative. So we're really talking about 1976, we're going back in time, to the best and the worst year of your life. Welcome Larry. Pleasure to be here, Patricia. Okay. And I know that you've done, uh, there's a screenplay version uh-huh. of this book. Right. And that was performed as a, as a stage reading with uh, actors in costume mm. at the Pittsburgh Playhouse uh, a couple Exciting. years back. And it was uh, very warmly received. Wonderful. And you've been a freelance writing photographer for more than 25 years. Yeah. So, so you... Um, really understand journalism and how to portray it. Talk about this very good year. Talk about the tremendous impact that it had on your life. Well, just to set the tone, um, 1976, um, I was a senior in high school, and um, basically all I wanted to do was have fun, uh, pass my road test, get a car, get a girlfriend, in that order. But my mom was very ill. She had malignant melanoma, a type of skin cancer. She was in advanced stages. And I became her caregiver. My dad wasn't able to deal with her illness at all. And my sister had been kicked out of the house years before. And um, as my mom got progressively worse, 
uh, she turned to me one day and she said, uh, if I ever become a vegetable, I want you to promise me, promise me that you'll put a pillow over my head. and, and mm, That's and a heavy I, thing to ask a son. Yeah, and I was 17 years old. Yeah. Um, and none of my friends had any um, experience with anything like this. They hadn't even sure, lost a, 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 you know, a parent. So um, a few months after that sort of uh, hypothetical request, uh, my mom was in a hospital bed uh, in a coma and was able to actually communicate by finger movements. And I found out she was in a lot of pain, which the doctors weren't treating. And she asked me to end it for her. And mm. that was the kind of uh, dilemma that I was faced with at 17 years old. And really, how do you stand by when somebody you love is in pain and they ask you to end it for them? Larry, did you get any help? Did I get well, any help? In other words, <laughs> did, did you talk to people? Did you say yeah, what I'm going to do? Yeah, I talked to friends. Do? And uh, my best friend at the time, after I told her, she said, wow, um, Cooch, that was my nickname back then because nobody could pronounce Kawachi. <laughs> she says, uh, wow, Cooch, I just can't relate to that. Of course not. And uh, I talked to a, an old teacher who had taught a uh, philosophy course in high school. And um, he asked me if I believed in God. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, what do you think God would want you to do? And I said, I don't know. I haven't a clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I talked to a psychiatric social worker from a hypothetical point of view because I was thinking, that uh, I may very well have to carry this out, and I don't want to implicate her in anything. And she wasn't very much help, and I talked hypothetically to the doctors, and they were all shocked and aghast. Um, like, how dare you? I mean, you're talking about euthanasia. Mm-hmm. A doctor's job is to heal, not hurt. So um, I was sort of uh, lost. I wound up uh, turning to God and praying for uh, guidance. And that was certainly helpful. And what did you what did you hear? I mean, that had to be so conflicting, particularly at that age. Yeah, I mean, uh, what that's... what did you what did you know when they said turn to God, and, uh, and particularly then, what did you do? Did well, you it say, was, um, go ahead. I, I I wound up literally praying in a church, and um, uh, I sort of this is when my mom was uh, in, in this coma. And um, I said, uh, I made a deal. I made a deal with God. I said, God, I'll give you one week. If you can end my mom's pain and suffering within that week, that's great. This is my one wish, the one wish I ask in my life. If you can't, I can't just stand by while my mom is in pain and do nothing. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. So um, so I gave God a week to do it. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. a week to a 17-year-old is like a, a long time. And, I mean, just, uh, I guess about a month ago, we had Terry Chavo uh, yes. passed away. And her husband was waiting for her to die for, for years. 15 years. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, I, I gave God seven days. And it, did he answer you, Larry, God answered me, yes. I, <laughs> I'll say that much. God answered me. How do you know? Did um, he talk to you? Did you, did you get, did you get a clue? Feel? What was the message? Um, I felt God would come through. It wasn't exactly a voice in my head, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I had faith that uh, God would come through for me. And just in case God didn't, I started preparing. I, um, when I go to the hospital, I started 
timing the nurses' shifts and um, making notes and checking a uh, service entrance into the hospital uh, that I could flip into. Um, I I took a, a pillow at home and I wrapped it in a uh, plastic dry cleaning bag. Mm. So in case I had to do this, there wouldn't be any any fibers in the autopsy in her lung. Or mm. I mean, that's what I was thinking because maybe I was watching a lot of Kojak on TV back in '76. Yeah. And, um, uh, I mean, I kept visiting her and talking to her and, and uh, praying, and uh, it was, though, uh, a living hell. Um, Could she talk to you at all or just the hand signals? Just the hand signals. Hand signals, but you got yeah. a sense. You got a strong sense. Yeah, I mean, I'd ask a yes and no type question. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, are you mm-hmm. in pain? Where's mm-hmm. the pain? Is it here? Is it there? Mm-hmm. And I tried to convince the doctors, and it took um, three days for me to convince them that she was, responsive at all because um, a lot of doctors believe that if you're unconscious, you don't feel or hear or see anything. Mm-hmm. And just recently, um, a big Yale Medical College uh, study came out that there were different levels of unconscious states. And uh, often a patient in a coma at various times can hear and, and feel things and often respond. Mm-hmm. But it's not uh, 24-7. It mm-hmm. comes and goes. So if you're a family member sitting vigil, uh, often you're going to have that happen. I don't think that was the case, honestly, with Terry Chavo, because um, she had uh, just you know no brain activity. She was flatline EEG for years, mm-hmm. and she'd had uh, her her brain was deprived of oxygen for um, quite a long time, and so she had suffered permanent brain mm-hmm. damage. So I think the people on, on one side of the issue that were saying, oh, she's responding, she's this and that, mm-hmm. uh, that was really wishful thinking. Because I don't think, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I didn't examine her, but I, I, from what I understand, that was not the case. Well, I think before we find out exactly what happened, mm-hmm. and I, I think I want to wait till the next segment, I do want to ask you this question. How do you feel that all of this has affected you now as an adult, 20, 30 years later, what, what, when I say effect, what do you think you're doing now that you might have not done then or you might not have done if you hadn't had this experience? Well, two things. That uh, day in the summer it was uh, July 4th, 1976, while the country was celebrating bicentennial. And I was, um, the day my mom asked me hypothetically if she ever became a vegetable for me to end it for her, um, that day, I mean, I was her nursemaid. I was, she just had uh, was recovering from an operation mm-hmm. where doctors had removed over 30 tumors from around her body, mm-hmm. and I was changing her bandages, and it was no fun thing. I mean, I looked out the window, and uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and kids were out riding their bicycles, running under sprinklers, sunning themselves with reflectors. Do you remember those old shiny reflectors? Mm-hmm. And um, my mom asked me this, and and I looked out the window, and I said, this is it. This is the end of my childhood. I mean, I could, you know, trace it to one exact moment in time. Mm. And um, having to deal with pain and suffering uh, of someone you love at 17, um, if you don't shut out those feelings, if you if you let them... You know, so you wind up being an extremely empathetic and compassionate person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it made me a better, uh, you know, husband, father, 
and uh, human beings. Mm. Um, a lot of people can't, or they feel they can't deal with either the loss of a loved one or, or a loved one in, who's very sick. And so um, they won't go to the hospital. They won't go help. Um, 30 years ago, my dad was, uh, uh, he was a very abusive man. And um, he used to chase me around the house shouting, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And then a few years ago, he was getting sickly, and he asked if he could move in with uh, my wife, my son, and I. And I said, okay, sure. And so in one of life's great ironies, I'm now his caregiver. Mm-hmm. So, talk so about uh, I wouldn't have been able to um, mm-hmm. do, do that, that if you hadn't had that experience. We're going to have to take a break. Sure. My guest is Larry Quachi. Is that right? Okay. Larry is the author of the book, A Very Good Year. He sold a 500-word version of his story to New York Newsday. A Very Good Year was chosen as a Best Books 2004 finalist by the USABookNews.com, and a dramatized version of A Very Good Year was performed as a staged reading at the Pittsburgh Playhouse. And this is really all about the right-to-die issue. He had an experience with his mother, went back when he was 17, and that's his story, and we're going to hear more about it, and what he did in the end, and, and how he helped his mother, and how he worked through all that. And for those of you who are facing, uh, facing your relatives or friends who are terminally ill, um, this is really a heartwarming story, and one that is, is real. It's not from the professional, it's from the person who really went through it and then uh, not only lived through it, but then it's become stronger because of it. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific with Mario Zavadat, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific to Voice America Health and Wellness for Staying Healthy with Dr. Elson Haas. Each week, Dr. Haas will focus on a different health-related topic as well as have on many expert guests that will give you many practical health tips that you can apply to your life. So tune in and improve your health with Dr. Haas and Staying Healthy every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. 
A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to Voice America for Global Security with Victor Plesner. Global Security is the show that covers international security issues for all walks of life since 9-11 and what the future may present to keep our world safe. You will hear from leaders of global security companies as well as authors of books on law enforcement and terrorism. So join us Fridays at 8 a.m. for Global Security with Victor Plesner right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. It's always exciting to be on Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You have an opportunity to call us at 888-335-5204. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can log on to raskinresources.com and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, and you can also listen to the archive shows on my site. We are talking about the right to die issue and the right to live issue. My guest is Larry Kawachi, who is an author of an autobiography that's won many awards. It's called A Very Good Year. It was about his life in 1976 with his mother, who um, he had to really work with that whole right to die issue with her. And he's telling us his story. Uh, Larry Kawachi sold a 500-word vision of, version of his story to New York Newsday. And this book, Very Good Year, was chosen as a Best Books 2004 finalist by usabooknews.com. There was also a dramatized version of the book, A Very Good Year, which was performed as a staged reading at the Pittsburgh Playhouse. And Kwachi has studied writing at Brooklyn College, and he also has done a lot of work uh, in the media. He's a freelance writer and photographer as well. Welcome back, Larry. Welcome. Thank you. Okay. So this is a tough thing at 17 years old, to have your mom say to you, you know, um, if I really am incapacitated, don't let me live. And that, that's right. a heavy burden, particularly in those days. Today it's much more uh, open. People are talking about it. I mean, look at the Terry Schiavo case. Kids right. know about all this. They're talking about it in school. Right. But However, you didn't talk most... about it in school then. Most people still, uh, at least in New York State, 80% of New Yorkers do not have a will, uh, living will or a health care proxy. And in terms of you know, positive information, one thing if I can impart to people is if you do not want to wind up like Terry Schiavo, you know, a, a media circus case with family members saying she wants this, she wants that. Right. You could go, uh, there's a number of places online, one of which is um, Compassion and Dying mm-hmm. dot, uh, dot org, and they have a little thing, Advanced Directives. You could download for free, and I'll give you a copy of a living will and a healthcare proxy. There's a lot of places a person can go online and fill that out. Make sure you get a healthcare proxy, and it lets you think about you know what you want because mm. uh, I think the way we die should be as important as the way we live. Mm-hmm. And grappling with a person in end of life time um, really makes us better people. And it also, um, as as trying a time as that was for me, mm-hmm. um, being able to connect 
and maintain a bond of love between mother and son, mm-hmm. um, which I, you know, describe in detail in the book. I think uh, people read the book and, and they get a better appreciation of a uh, family bond. Um, Tell us what happened. Tell us what you did and, and what happened. Well, again, I was, uh, my mom was in the hospital bed and she was in a little coma, but she was in pain and had very minimal, uh, pain treatment, uh, pain meds, and which is what doctors are loath to do, is treat pain adequately, um, which is pretty ironic. A person's, you know, terminal, they've got very short time to live and for some reason they're afraid, oh, we don't want them to get hooked on morphine. And, um, I prayed every day and I gave God seven days, um, and uh, the night of the seventh day, um, with college, I was on this uh, sort of road rally scavenger hunt. And um, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, this morning, that, that morning after I finished the scavenger hunt and woke up, I would have to sneak in early into the hospital and uh, do this deed and literally put a pillow overhead. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was passing the hospital by on the highway, mm-hmm. as part of the scavenger hunt that took me past the hospital, I felt my mom's presence. And I actually heard her in my head singing a song. She was a kindergarten teacher for 25 years, mm. and she used to sing songs to the kids and play the piano. And one of them was the Mexican folk tune, Cielito Lindo, mm. which goes, you know, ay, 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 and I heard her singing in my head. And, you know, I started crying, and I continued with this scavenger hunt, went home, went to sleep, and I was woken up early in the morning by a phone call from the hospital that my mom had passed in her sleep around the same time I had just passed the hospital. Wow, and you didn't have to do anything, Larry. I I dodged a bullet. And wow. honestly, um, she probably asked me, well, would you have gone through with it? And my feeling is yes. But at the same time, I don't know how I could have lived with myself yeah. because I was 17 and it meant killing the person I love most in my life. Mm-hmm. And you weren't ready to handle that. And no. That's how ready. God prepared it for you. <laughs> Nobody's really ready to handle that. Even yeah, I understand. I understand. But sometimes in the, as an adult. Yeah, no, you're um, more ready. Yeah. But... <laughs> It's like anything. We're not ready for separation, divorce, death, right, right. loss, no, loss no, of a job. No, you know, we're not ready. No, no. You want this pass to you know, this cup yeah. to pass your lips. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to have to, to have to do it. Yeah. You know, and um, uh, even just being a caregiver, you know, when when the question is asked of somebody, you know, somebody's ill, somebody's got to take care of that person. Most people will say, "Not me." And uh, just last night was this beautiful Hallmark movie, uh, Riding Riding the Bus with My Sister, starring Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And Rosie O'Donnell did a beautiful portrayal of a, a mentally disabled person. Mm-hmm. And her dad was off and on taking care of her, and then her dad had a heart attack and died. And the stepmom and the brother and the sister, the sister's played by Andy McDowell, was called in by the social worker and said, well, somebody's got to sort of, take care of her, not every day, but at least monitor her. Mm-hmm. And everyone's reaction was, not me, not me, mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I'm too mm-hmm. busy. My life's too busy. I don't want to be saddled with this. And finally, her sister, Andy McDowell, says, okay, you know, I'll do it. But um, it wound up enriching both their lives. And it was a true story. And that, that's, that's part of my message. You know, don't shirk that that possibility to be a caregiver or 
to step up to the plate because it makes your it's hard, but it makes your life so much richer. It makes you appreciate love. It makes you appreciate life. It makes you realize that we have a finite amount. Let me of- ask you a question, Larry. Do you feel? Would you say the same thing if your loved one had dementia or Alzheimer's? Well, I, that, I feel very tough. strongly that we should have the rights of some European countries that a doctor should be able to step in and not just prescribe uh, lethal medication but administer it. And um, if a person's life, as we know it, if their personality is gone or if they're in a lot of pain and if they had certainly declared beforehand that if they ever got to that point, they'd want to have a humane and compassionate end to their life, and not let it wither away and prolong their death, I think people should have that, that right. It's Whose life is it anyway? And um, it's just amazing to me that we have more compassion for animals. Oh, we do. If an animal is sick yeah. and terminal yeah. and in pain, yeah. the doctor says it's time to end it. And you cry and you say, okay. So that's why I think your first premise is if you have a living will, then you're not putting all this burden on your family. You know, right. it comes the, from you, and that's really a kindness to your family. Right. But also the health care proxy also appoints a person to, you know, act in your stead. Well, that still puts the burden on the person, though, Larry. Right. But the living will, and between the health care proxy and the living will, it really spells out your wishes. And it's up to the person you appoint to help to make sure that your wishes are carried mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes doctors... You know, people think that uh, if we have assisted dying legislation like we have in Oregon, people will be offing themselves left and right, but it's just not true. I mean, Oregon passed this law in 1997, and in over seven years, in a whole state, in the whole state of Oregon, just over 200 people have used this law. Mm -hmm. And all that law did was allow two physicians, they have to declare a person's terminal, and uh, ha- is is sane. The person has to request it uh, mm-hmm. in writing a couple of times, and then uh, there's a 15-day waiting period, and the doctors prescribe lethal medication for the patient to take his or herself. And um, the idea that you know doctors are just going to be offing people in this country when they get to a, a, a terminal state, I, I don't think is is very probable. <laughs> I said, that's not how this country works. And um, it's just that right now we have a lot of people who, the case of Terry Chavo was really <clears throat> unique in that a thousand times a day, doctors and patients and family members have to make the decision, mm-hmm. and there's no media circus around them. And mm-hmm. most people say, you know, withdraw a feeding tube, withdraw a breathing tube, withdraw artificial hydration, and there's no big hoopla. And the family agrees that's what the person wanted and that's what we've got to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But because because a living will, as you're saying, would have really eliminated that, it wouldn't have been an issue. Right. It would have been less of an issue because then they would have had to challenge um, the legitimacy of that or the health care proxy and say that the guardian, uh, her husband, Michael Chabber, wasn't really a guardian, which they tried to do anyway. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's just no, it's it's unlikely. I, I don't know of any precedent where a living will or health care proxy was legally overturned 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, that protects you. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. Go online and check for advanced directives. There's a lot of places I gave. Uh, okay. Passiondying.org is one. All right, let's go on. Let's, um, let's take a break and we come back and we'll give out those websites again. My guest is Larry Quachi. We're talking about the right to die and about living wills and he has a personal autobiography, A Very Good Year, when his mother died in 1976 and when he was asked to assist her at a very young age. He was spared that um, and did a lot of prayer and we're talking about how this affects us today and what we can do about it with a lot of compassion and love. Again, Larry Quachi, his book is A Very Good Year. You can go on to averygoodyear.net and stay tuned. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Stay on top of the latest developments which may affect your physical, emotional, and spiritual condition with Update on Health with Dr. Peter C. Tan every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Learn how some simple measures can reduce your chance of getting cancer by as much as 70%. Find out what you can do to combat obesity, diabetes type 2, high cholesterol, and more. It's all about vitality, fitness, endurance, and longevity. Listen to Update on Health every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. 
and I'm Patricia Raskin. And it's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you each week on Voice America. Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. That's why I'm here. And what my program does is really bring you positive principles and practical solutions to issues in your life and also bring you some inspiration, and we're certainly doing that today. My program, Positive Living, has been on Voice America. We're in our third year, third year. and you can call us on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and the show is rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. Our number is 888-335-5204. My guest is Larry Kwachi. And he is the author of the book, A Very Good Year, which was an award finalist for Best Books 2004 by usabooknews.com. And we're talking about the right to die issue. And Larry has been a freelance writer and photographer for the last 25 years, and he wrote this autobiography, A Very Good Year, because he has strong feelings about this issue from his own life experience, about what do you do when you're terminally ill and should you suffer. And uh, his book became a screenplay. And it's been dramatized at the play at the Pittsburgh Playhouse, and has gotten wonderful comments. Welcome back, Larry. Thanks for having me. And the website is a very good year dot net. Right. I went to dot com, which is not right. So it's dot dot net. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and then Palette Press also, right? P A L E T T E T E R E S S. Okay. Tell us about the book. Um, what responses you're getting to really your own personal story? What are people saying, Larry? Well, it's been a very humbling experience. I mean, it's something to write the book. I mean, it started out as a short story when I was in college, then an article which Newsday bought, then a screenplay, and then decided, you know, try it as a nonfiction memoir. And um, I started going out there and doing book readings at uh, Barnes and Nobles and organizations and different independent bookstores. And the response has been amazing. Well, first of all, the, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of humor in the book. It's not a, a downer book. So um, people are amazed that I'm able to balance humor and and some pathos. So I look out in an audience and people are, you know, laughing hysterically at, at the right point and crying. And, you know, you look out there and people cry and then after a book reading, they come up and they hug me and say, wow, this is really touching. And people share stories about uh, a similar experience where they had a loved one who was dying a, a bad death. Mm-hmm. And uh, one person recently came over to me and said, uh, they... They did this. They wound up carrying it out, and they can't write about it because they, you know, fear of prosecution. I was really, um, you know, <laughs> blown away by that. And uh, people who've read the book have uh, emailed me and uh, written letters to me, saying that it's very inspirational. That it 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 really helps them connect uh, in love between you know a parent and a child, and and love even for a spouse. And uh, it's a lot of the book is is about forgiveness, and uh, there's a lot of life lessons. Mm-hmm. And also because I'm a se- I was 17 year old going through it, mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's there's sex, drugs, love, and death. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, some child abuse <laughs> at um, at 17 trying to escape from you know my mom's illness 
I mean, I did just about every drug in the book. And, uh, no pun intended, every drug in the book. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got through it, you know. And if there's a me- one specific message in the book, um, it's really, you know, don't give up. Have hope, mm-hmm. have faith, and hang on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, people have connected with that. And it's, it's, it's really been, uh, Tremendous experience going out there and talking to people who listen to me and mm. my reading and who have read the book itself. What are you hearing from people in terms of how they weigh in on the issue of the right to die? That's, that's a great question, Patricia. Um, I mean, I've done I've done about uh, fifty radio interviews so far, and some of them have been in extremely, I guess you could call them conservative areas, mm-hmm. the reddest of the red states, mm-hmm. like Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm-hmm. And um, I expect people, I expected people to call, I'd have callers call in, and I expect somebody to sort of verbally hit me over the head with a baseball bat. Like, how dare you feel this way? And it hasn't been that way at all. I mean, I've I've been just amazed that everybody, regardless of their political persuasion, Mm -hmm. has a feeling about this and has had somebody they love go through something like this. And, um, I mean, partly because, I mean, I do believe if you have faith and belief that, you know, things will carry you through. So there is a message, you know, that some um, extreme uh, believers can take with them. And uh, there's also really a message of love and forgiveness. And, I mean, if I hadn't gone through this, I wouldn't have been able to forgive my dad for all the years of abuse and take him in and be his caregiver now. Mm. And we have a loving, great relationship. I cook for him every night. Mm. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's it's just been very heartwarming, the kind of reactions I've been getting from people and the reviews I've gotten. Um, it's like people really get it, and it, it seems to matter. You know, reading this book, um, I'll give you a very personal example. My son, okay? Uh, we have a very loving relationship. He's up at college, and he was having a hard time a few semesters ago, a really hard time. And um, he had to take a semester off. A lot of students do these days. And um, he he read my book. He'd read little bits and pieces of it over the years and in different incarnations, and he basically read it in one sitting, and he said, Wow, Dad, I'm like, I can't believe it. I, it put my life in such perspective. You know, mm-hmm. you were able to handle all these things. Yeah. These were real things, and it really gave me a perspective on my life. Mm. And the next day, the very next day, he called the dean of the college, and he was ready to come back to school. Now, um, you didn't think it affect your son's life, did you? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's you know, <laughs> I have his I got his permission mm-hmm. to use. His you never role. know where it's going to come from, and I think the other thing that I'm hearing from you is that. You know, things are meant to be. I mean, you went through that experience for a reason, and you obviously felt some responsibility to report it to help other people. I mean, yeah. other people go I, through I this area and they hide it. Right. I want people to feel they're not alone. Everybody has a time or times in their life where mm-hmm. they're going through, um, you know, tough times and they feel they just can't get through another yeah. day, yeah. let alone a week or yeah. a, a month. Yeah. And... One reason we read is to realize we're not alone. And you see somebody else going through a really hard time emotionally, and they got through it. And they came out and found love and happiness in the end. And if they could do it, you know, if I could do it, you could do it. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah. It may be a roundabout trial and error course that mm-hmm. I lay out in the book, but, uh, you know, it worked for me. Don't and, you think that support is so important through all this? Yeah, I didn't have that much of a support system, certainly. But it was harder for you. Yeah, for my for my son. And also back then, it was a little different. I mean, after this, in 77, I mean, I wound up see, seeing a therapist for a little while, and that, that certainly helped. But um, now there's, you know, for somebody who's going through a hard time, maybe, you know, depressed, uh, clinically depressed, you know, there's there's options. You know, there's chemical options that you could take. And it certainly helps to go to seek a professional counselor. And it certainly helps to have a, a, a supportive family who loves you unconditionally. Um, I had that with my mom. I didn't have that with my dad. And then that was a problem for me when my mom was dying because then I lost that unconditional love. So, um, you know, you read this book and you realize that you could weather the tough times. As uh, the philosopher Nietzsche said, that which does not kill us makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. And it did make me stronger. Yeah, very much so. Um, give out some of the websites. Oh, yeah, I wanted to, in- you know, give all information for people out there. If they're facing um, a loved one's uh, or their own, you know, possible uh, end-of-life choices, there's compassion and choices, which is... Um, uh, CompassionInDying.org, one word, CompassionInDying. And there's a very, really good uh, website, which is um, the National uh, Hospice and Palliative Care Organization, which is N-H-P-C-O, National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization.org, N-H-P-C-O.org. And they both have, actually, on their websites, spots for um, getting advanced directives like um, healthcare proxies and living wills, because uh, those vary from state to state, and you need to print them out and get them witnessed, you know, particular to your state. And my website is a very good year.net. And, um, you know, if anybody's... Uh, in addition, I would recommend, if you have somebody you're taking care of, if you're a caregiver, um, I go to monthly caregiver meetings mm-hmm. um, locally. Uh, so if you are caregivers, you know, try and find out there's um, uh, probably a local community that meets monthly, and it's great to talk to other people, you mm-hmm. know, about taking care of a spouse or a loved right. one because uh, it's it's a very challenging thing. Mm-hmm. All right, um, we're going to take a break. We'll a come little... back. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Sure. My guest is Larry Kwachi, author of A Very Good Year, an autobiography about the right to die issue. He uh, watched his mother die and uh, at 17. And it had a profound effect on him, and now he's helping many, many other people. You can call us still after the break. We are at 885. Uh, I have to get the number, which I had here, 888-335-5204. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Goray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. 
Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional entertainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. How does the idea of adding 20 years to your life appeal to you? Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for the Liquid Love Show with Louie Bob. The Liquid Love Show is about micromanaging your physical body so that you can activate all of your 16 trillion cells. On the show, you will discover the secrets of cellular renewal that bring about fully satisfying physical, mental, emotional, and sexual life, as well as teach you why people in China are living to be 100-plus years without any degenerate diseases. Once again, that's a Liquid Love Show with Louis Moss, every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk, radio. Internet talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. As I always say, that I'm just really happy to be on Voice America because VoiceAmerica.com is America's Voice. And Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. So do I. That's why my program is here. Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. And this is no exception. We're talking about that tonight. We're talking about having compassion, being a caregiver, but mostly we're talking about the right to die issue. My guest is Larry Kwachi. Uh, he wrote the, the autobiography, A Very Good Year, in 1976. He um, watched his mother die, and it had a profound effect on him. And now he's written an autobiography, which has become a play, and it's become um, an award-winning book that really portrays uh, what you go through uh, when you're faced with this issue. And in those days, we didn't have the support and help that we have today. So welcome back, Larry. Thanks. Um, let's talk about, I mean, you talked about how important it is to have a living will. So right. that people can make their own decisions and not burden their their family as much, right. or appoint someone. But let's talk about the role of the caregiver in general, because right. you're facing Absolutely. that now with your father. Right. I mean, so I was a caregiver like 30 years ago, and I'm a caregiver now, 
and go to monthly caregiver meetings, and there's a few, you know, tips I'd like to share with people. Okay, please. Um, certainly get a living will, a health care proxy. Very important power of attorney um, so that if the, your loved one, uh, say, can't go to the bank or make financial decisions, mm-hmm. you're appointed and you can make those decisions for them. Uh, in addition, one of the things, if the person you're caregiving for is elderly, one of the most important things you could do to maintain their quality of life is take them to a doctor and get a bone density scan. Mm-hmm. And this is true for a lot of women in the audience know as they get older, they lose bone density. Right. And a lot of women are on, say, Fosamax or Actinil mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Myocalcin. Right. A lot of people don't know. Same thing happens to men. It's just not as widely diagnosed. Uh, my dad is now on Fosamax. He was having bone breaks non-traumatic bone breaks all the time, and it was no fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the one thing you could do to ensure, you know, a higher quality of life because, as you all know, as you get older, if you have a, you know, broke, break a hip, that's it. You know, you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most empowering things I ever did with my dad since he moved in was, was we went to a funeral parlor and did a pre-needs funeral. And I wouldn't have even known that such a thing existed if I didn't, say, watch the TV show on HBO, Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. And we went to a funeral parlor. My dad got to pick out, if he ever passes away, um, the kind of casket he wants and, uh, you know, the cost and the kind of service he wants. Mm-hmm. And so all that's taken care of. And if I could share a little, like, one-minute little anecdote with mm-hmm. that. Um, so the, the casket he has has a little drawer, if it's an open casket, and the drawer pulls out and sort of rests uh, over the person's chest. And the idea is for loved ones to put farewell notes, you know, to the the deceased. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, farewell, I loved you, something like that. My dad has been a cigar smoker for the last, uh, I guess, uh, six, 65 years. Mm-hmm. So I said, Dad, I'll, I'll put in a box of your cigars there. Okay, he says, oh, thank you. And I said, depending upon where I think you're going, I'll either include a book of matches or I won't include a book of matches. So he thought that was very funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last thing I would say besides doing a pre-needs funeral, which was a very empowering thing, because the last time I did a funeral arrangement was for my mom, and it was not, when a person dies, is not the best time to do it. It's very traumatic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Besides doing all those things, the living well, healthcare proxy, power of attorney, bone density scan, pre-needs funeral... Have a support system in place if you're a caregiver. That means have a number of doctors already in place that you could go to that's local, that's within a few minutes mm-hmm. of you, and have uh, people. I have a, a psychiatric social worker who's um, head of the uh, elderly care in this county, mm-hmm. and I meet with her monthly. And um, there's also a number for elder care locator. Okay. Um, where you could find out where an elder care center or, or help for elder care is, and that's um, 800-677-1116. Okay. Um, Give out your, your book information oh, as well yeah. on your website. You can find my book. Um, you could order it uh, from, directly from the website at averygoodyear.net. It's also available uh, through Amazon.com, Barnes & Nobles. Uh, you could probably go to your library. If they don't have it, they could order it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a toll-free number, 
7817. And um, it's uh, been uh, selling very well, and uh, the response has been uh, very emotionally rewarding for me. And um, I, I feel that since I wrote this book, I have a purpose-driven life. Mm. And um, one to of the quote Rick I'm, Warren. What's that? To co- quote Rick Warren. Yeah, wrote I write who wrote this purpose-driven life. Right. Um, and I feel it's part of my purpose in life right now to, mm-hmm. to tell people the story and tell them mm-hmm. that uh, you've got to think about this and connect with mm-hmm. your your loved one and right. not shy away from uh, mm-hmm. end of life decisions. That is, it's so if people get one thing out of this program in 30 seconds, what would you tell them? Uh, have faith, have hope, keep on, keep on loving. Don't shut your feelings off. Mm-hmm. Uh, things get better. They don't mm-hmm. get worse. And make and, sure that you're, that somebody has health care power of attorney or that there's a living will. Right. It certainly helps to do to do mm-hmm. living will, health care proxy, power of attorney, okay. all those things. Very important. All right. All right, Larry, and again, people can go to your book, which is a verygoodyear.net, or palletpress.com. Right. All right. It's been a pleasure. Well, it's been a pleasure. Stay, stay on the line. Thank you so much for being on the program and sharing Thanks your personal story. Next week, we're going to have Dr. Howard Halpern, who's a Ph.D. and a leader and pioneer in the field of addiction. He's the author of How to Break Your Addiction to a Person. He will discuss love and addiction how to know when to call it quits, and how to find the courage to do it. And you can go to randomhouse.com and look up his book. He's really a pioneer in the field, and I'm really quite um, honored that we're going to have him on. He's been doing this work for over 30 years, and his book is is powerful. Again, it's How to Break Your Addiction to a Person. Um, just want to share with you again, folks, a little bit more about this program. Positive Living is always on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and it is rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can go on to RaskinResources.com, and you can get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and you can listen to the archive shows on my site. If you can't find them, just email me, and there's a place to do that, and we will get you the archive of the show And remember, this program is all about bringing you those positive solutions and practical principles. And I've interviewed, you know, thousands of people over the years, and I think that the bottom line is that there are ways to get through our issues and to be happy and joy-filled and successful and to really, you know, as Larry just said, be in touch with your purpose. What is your mission? Because we all have one. I mean, some of us are going to be mothers and some of us are going to be fathers and some will be successful business people and some will just have a specific, you know, what is the one thing or many things that we're good at? And let's really look at that and look at what what brings joy to our lives. So until next time, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Rask. Wonderful, wonderful day. Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.